It's time to give up. Get your ass up. Throw your hands up and say, well. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your recovery meeting on the air. Welcome to Sober in the City. Here's your sobriety assistant, Debbie Strand. Do you or someone you care about suffer from untreated alcoholism or addiction? Contact Believe Treatment Center now, 1-855-874-2354, or visit BelieveTreatmentCenter.com. Believe Treatment Center, we understand. I'm Debbie Strand, back with more Sober in the City, talking about how you can work a program of recovery and overcome your addictions, whatever they are, drugs, alcohol, gambling, smoking, shopping, food addictions, I don't care what they are. They're all life issues. There's all kinds of issues that we experience. And whether you're in recovery or not, whether you need recovery or not, we are here to get you help. Call us now, share your opinion. Tell me if you stayed sober through the weekend, how you did it, or if you didn't. 800 Sober 5 and visit us at SoberInTheCity.com and listen live on the Sober in the City app for both Apple and Android devices. You can hear this show and previous shows and share them with your friends. But right now, more about normal people working steps and how life-aholics can help you in your journey. When I went to my first meeting of Lifeaholics, I didn't know how to identify myself. Maybe I'm Debbie and I'm powerless over life. It's not about what comes at us in our lives, but it's about how we cope with it, how we react, and how we act towards things that happen to us in life. And I'm going to read you a little bit of the opening that I heard when I went to this meeting. I thought it was really, really interesting. The preamble for Lifeaholics Anonymous, a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope with each other that they may solve their common problems and help others to live a happier life. Who doesn't want a happier life? Damn it, I do. The only requirement for membership is a desire to let go of fear. There are no dues or fees for the membership, self-supporting through our own contributions. Not allied, this sounds very much like all of the other openings that we hear, except for that desire to let go of fear. And then we carry this message to others to help others to do the same. And it's only you that can decide if you're experiencing certain troubles in life regarding financial insecurity, love, family, spirituality. You may be interested in knowing something about Lifeaholics Anonymous program. I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't have some battles with financial insecurity, love relationships, family, hello, or spirituality. (laughs) I know I got issues with my family. And then more about the program is what most people found, regardless of the program they were in, was that the root of all of their troubles were fear-based thoughts, desire run awry, and a lack of acceptance to what they were completely powerless over. It would require a process of self-searching, leveling of pride, confessions of one's shortcomings for a successful consummation. And I think this is really awesome. And, and the people who have done the work, they described it as finding much of heaven and being rocketed into the fourth dimension of existence, which they had never dreamed. This type of spiritual experience is not limited to addicts or alcoholics. It was available for anybody who wanted it. And that's out of the 12-step book, Alcoholics Anonymous, and we can see how they are, even in that original literature from the early 30s, addressing how normal people can benefit from working the 12-step program in their life, and now what we have, Lifeaholics. Josh, welcome back to Sober in the City. Tell me, how am I supposed to identify myself when I walk into a Lifeaholics meeting? I have a desire to live life. I have a desire to let go of fear, or I'm a Lifeaholic. is Okay. Okay. How about I'm Debbie and I got problems. <laughs> I got issues. <laughs> yes. So Josh, in reading through the preamble, it really tells me 
I think the main part of this is letting go of fear-based thoughts, desires run awry, and a lack of acceptance to what we're completely powerless over. Am I getting that as the meat of the program? And then that resulting in finding a spiritual experience which solves those problems? Yeah, I, I, I believe so. I mean, the way, you know, it's always been described to me, and I'm again, I have to state, you know, I'm no expert. No, really, I'm really just another bozo on the bus trying to make my way through here. And so, I mean, really, this is just the information that I've learned. And, and you mean fear, as it was taught to me, breaks down to two things. Fear breaks down to fear of not getting something that we want or a fear of losing something that we have. Now, there is that survival fear that we, we have that, you know, that instinct to survive. If there's a car coming on, you know, oncoming traffic or something, and we were afraid, we swerve out of the way. I'm not talking about that fear. I'm talking about the fear that the ego creates. Ego is a very strong identity. Uh, it, it, you know, it tells us who we are and runs on fear, works off of fear and gets us to motivate us through fear. So just making sure that we're identifying our fears, the only way to change it is to become aware. Yeah, and Josh, you know, I certainly, I don't see you as the person that's making all of this up, that you're the guru or anything. But what you realized is that people, other people, besides alcoholics and addicts and people with uh, identifiable addictions, can benefit from this program. And what you've simply done is taking the literature that already exists and applied it towards this. So you're not wrong. This thing is already working and you can't be wrong in what you're doing. And I really commend you for taking that leap out. And and, and you're trying to keep your ego in check. You're a bozo on the bus. I don't like those negative connotations. You know, you're a remarkable guy who's overcome a lot in your life. You've got addictions. You've overcome them. You've not used or or drank in many years. And, you know, I really commend you for taking this step out and saying, you know what? I think I can help more people. And that's how we. Mm-hmm. No, I really appreciate it. No, and you know, and that's how we identify people in the group of. Hey, he helps a lot of guys. That's how we say that's a good person. Hey, he, she helps a lot of women. You might not like her, but she helps a lot of women. You know, I don't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. You help a lot of guys. True. You know what? Pat yourself on the back. Don't break your arm doing it, but go ahead and Thanks. pat yourself on the back. Right. It's okay. But it's it really does come down to those fears. You know, either we're acting out in two emotions. Either we're acting out in love or we're acting out in fear. And when we're in fear, we're afraid of losing two things. That which we want and aren't getting and that what which we perceive as ours see because i believe it's all an illusion that none of us really own anything and if we're afraid of losing a relationship and certainly we don't own that person and i don't even think that we own money you know we earn it and i think it's it's all god's money and that we need to share it and and give it back And, and when i could stay in that place I have a real happy day and my days go okay. Absolutely. But how are we going to go through this program um, and, and identify fears? Are we doing like fourth steps and finding out what our fears there? Or are we listing what our fears are? How does that work with this? Have you gotten that far with it yet? Well, I mean, really, like I said, I mean, all, all I've done is taken someone through the step that wasn't addicted to any substances or anything like that. And so applied all the same thing. And and so those fears were identified through doing the work by coming to a meeting and listening to a speaker share about their experience, strength and hope, and then sharing yourself about what you're going through in life. You know, your fears come out, you know, the stuff kind of comes out in the wash. That's you know, part of the program. And that's what works for an alcoholic or an addict. So we go to meetings 
we share, we relate, we identify, we don't compare, we do our work with our sponsor, you know, we work with a sponsee. And so all these things kind of create this healthy living for us. And so as an alcoholic or an addict, we need to do this in order for us to stay sober. But now what I'm finding that there are other normies helping other normies out now, and it's kind of a little fellowship starting to create. And I could see that how that exactly works for us. So why, why not? Why can't it work for them? Right. How do you overcome the desires that run awry? How do you actually identify that? Like, say a person's like really dying to buy a boat. Is that a bad thing? Is that a goal? How do you identify between what's a desire run awry and the things that we have goals that we're setting? It's almost like we just like kind of have to grow up and realize what our limitations are, but we still want to have goals. Can you talk about that? Yeah, you know, and I mean, I'm still grasping that, so I don't know if I have really have that handled, but I mean, I could tell you what I do and, and what I've kind of shared with my, with, you know, with the people that I work with is that, Please. you know, balance is extremely important. It's about balance for me. So if I'm doing the things that I need to do for myself, I, you know, I'm taking care of my family, I'm taking care of my businesses, of course, first thing first, I'm taking care of myself by going to meetings, working with others, all these things, if I'm, if I'm doing these things, prayer and meditation, you know, if I'm, if I'm staying in that place, my desires just seem to, uh, my natural desires seem to get checked, um, you know, and I get to look at that. And if there is something that starts to kind of gnaw at me and I don't know, then that's when I'll go to other people and I'll ask them, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. I'm thinking about going here and doing that or opening this up or wanting to do that. And, you know, and I'll bounce this off other people in, in, in the program. And that's how it works for me. And I've always told a sponsor, I've always said, listen, don't just ask yourself, you know, ask other people, but, you know, ask five or six people that you respect in your, in your circle, in your spiritual circle. And the majority of them are going to tell you the right answer. Um, it's like a group conscience. So there's a couple different things that you can do. I mean, looking at it, writing it down, amazing things happen when you write things down, just making lists. It's just, it's just quite remarkable. You know, it's the great part of writing things down is it works off a different center in your brain. You should also probably sing a song about it too because there's a music center. So then you're consulting another opinion of somebody you trust. Yeah. It's you. <laughs> but, you yeah, know, oftentimes cool. when, I, when I ask other people what their opinions are, I have to be careful too because I don't want to take on their fears and their limitations. So no, I would say true. get those opinions yeah. and then spend some time with yourself and think about it a little bit. It always comes down to you and God, you know, and if you're kind of working that step 11, which is sought through prayer and meditation to improve a conscious contact with a higher power, then these answers and this intuition and these things, things that we are baffled by sometimes, they're going to, you know, we're going to get the answers. Mm, uh, that's I, how it is for me. I love that. It always comes down to you and God. Thank you for that, Josh. And so you go through this process of confessing your shortcomings and learning to have acceptance of life on life terms. And that's basically going through like a fourth and a fifth step and then working the rest of the steps and getting to acceptance. Yes. Yes. I mean, acceptance to me is, uh, I mean, it really is the key to my relationship. God, it's, there, it's, it's my answer today because you know, I've talked to people before about it. And they've asked, well, what is it? How am I really turning my will over? How am I surrendering? So you don't just say here, God, take this, or I'm turning it over and I'm just going to accept this injustice. It's going to happen to me or whatever it is and do nothing about it. 
there are certain next right thing, you know, there's things you can do, but there's just only so much. And, uh, you know, understanding the difference between those two and, and being able to be still and not take action sometimes and let certain things happen the way that they're supposed to happen. Uh, let the world work itself out. Uh, I think they say something about the worldish dervish world. Let the worldish dervish world go on. Mm-hmm. It sounds like we need to go back to uh, the description of alcoholics that were undisciplined and that people need to take on these simple disciplines and these spiritual principles and let life unfold naturally, which is what turning it over mm-hmm. to a higher power means. Just let life unfold. Quit trying to right. force the issues. Quit trying to force everything to happen. So let's talk to Jim from Tampa. Let's see what he has to say. Jim, welcome to Sober in the City. How are you? I'm good, Jim. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited about this Lifeaholics Anonymous. I'm really excited. Another program I get to work. (laughs) What do you think? Exciting. I I really like the idea. The only thing I I, uh, get a little nervous over is the the issue of holics. It still implies addiction. And what you're talking about is happy enthusiasm for living with your good habits. I'm sorry, happy enthusiasm for what? For life. Oh, for life. Yes, I have. I have. Yes, I have happy enthusiasm for life. Anytime that I think that I can get happier, you know, I mean, and that's how I drank and that's how I did drugs. If I felt good, I wanted more. I wanted to feel better. Now I've got another program that can promise to make me happier. I want it. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. <laughs> so, that's, always, that's always healthy. So, Jim, how do you think that normal people can benefit from a life program? Well, it, it's the same. Some some of what uh, society deals with is uh, a very fast-paced, moving, changing culture that <clears throat> has literally done more in the last 50 years than it's done in the last 500. Mm. And everybody goes under uh, stress trying to adapt to the rate of change we see in our daily lives and anything that puts structure on enthusiasm for what's healthy, wholesome, and vital is an add-on to to living. Um, Away from television sets and away from video toys and away from other distractions, as you said, we've, as a nation, we've... uh, we are on some level starting to deal with an epidemic of addiction and not all of it is to chemicals. Some of it's to shopping, some of it's to uh, gambling, some of it's to sex. Yeah, and food. The, the, the escape is, is the issue. Uh, We've we become a nation of escape artists. Right. There's an interesting, interesting point in Charlotte Castle's book, When Society Becomes an Addict, is we've gotten to the place where we look for free forms of escape of dealing with our feelings and emotions. Yeah. And wow. that's that's the reason that's the reason I drank is I didn't want to feel. I didn't want to feel anything. Right. I wanted to numb out. I wanted to release. I wanted that state of I don't feel anything and that was when the party began. Um the sad part was I robbed myself of all of the wonderful things that emotions provide a sense of happiness a feeling of contentment a feeling of peace a feeling of joy and most of all knowing what love feels like you someone said it a little earlier in the show they said there is either love or fear well 
I think the exact expression was we either act out of love or we act out of fear. And most of what addiction is about is changing our behavior. So when our actions start to be driven by how to care about others, we will escape and we will be free from from any kind of addiction there is. Um, there is, as far as I know, there's only one path out. And that's when we get into service to other people. And the more we put ourselves into service or if necessary, throw ourselves into service, we will find release from discontent. Um, I am trying to think of, you know, there's, there's, I think the steps and the traditions, the concepts, they can help anybody improve their lifestyle. I don't want to, I don't want to over, I don't want to overrun your phone line here. Jim, thank you so much. That was really great. I love when you talk about that, how we didn't feel at all. And that's when I felt good was when I didn't feel at all. But now I get to feel happiness, joy, love, contentment, all these different emotions that you mentioned. I think that's fantastic. It really, a huge path out for me was when I got into service for others. Thanks so much for being with us here, Jim. And I'm going to go to Mark, who's in Abilene, Texas. Mark, welcome to Sober in the City. How are you? Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Mark, what do you think about Lifeaholics? Do you think some normal people can benefit from a program called Lifeaholics to work on their life issues? Well, sure. Um, it's, man, the other two have said some great stuff. I mean, um, we we all act out at You know, if fear is a, a, a horrible thing, when I, I like the quote I heard not long ago, faith and fear cannot be friends. When one begins, the other one ends. And that was what nailed me on, I, I didn't have God in my life, so I had no faith. So all my life, when I was, that's what got me to, to drinking and drugging. And um, um, my experience, when I didn't have good early direction in my life, um, there was a lot of fear there. And that's a horrible, there is no happy, joyous, and free, and contentment, except when I don't have that. And so, sure, I think a lot that, that normal people could uh, benefit from that. I mean, it was kind of neat in early recovery when my mom was reading the first 164 pages, because they never gave up on me, my parents. They, they looked at one another and said, wow, man, uh, this is, we could use this, in <laughs> looking at that stuff. And, that, you know, they, they never... They never had looked at it that way. That, uh, you know, it's just like uh, alcohol or slash drugs is not my problem. My problem is a reflection back in the mirror. I can replace alcohol or, or this, what you're asking me, anybody can, can replace that first step, that two-part step with anything that they want to, whether it would be sex, addiction to gambling, uh, drugs, alcohol. Or, or anything, uh, I'm sure they could benefit from. And how do you think that it could work for us people who are already in recovery? How do you think it could help us? Debbie, I, this very day, I was actually talking to a friend this morning. I still start off my day with on my knees. I asked doing prayer and meditation and um, asking God to, 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 to just not to, to let me let go of tomorrow. I mean, uh, yesterday it's gone. Not worried about tomorrow because it's not there. And just asking for help and guidance just today and living each day like it's like, like it's my last because it could be. And um, when I do that, um, 
a lot of the dominoes seem to fall in place. Something that I have learned, and I'm coming up on five years, God keeps showing me the same lesson over and over out of love until I get it. And he brings people into my life for blessings and lessings. And it's the neatest thing. I'm, I'm st- still in, in awe about it, just like uh, this, this what we're doing today. Isn't that amazing? I love how we keep getting those same lessons over and over. For quite a while, I was getting the same boyfriend with different faces. That was a lot of fun <laughs> until I learned the lesson. You know, and I have to remember, too, that no amount of worry is going to change what happened yesterday. And the future is just an illusion. The future never happens. All we really have is what is right here and right now. Mark, how do you walk through a fear when you have a fear come up? When, when, when I'm in fear, and, and like the fear of the unknown, what I, what I, what I will do is um, I'll pray, usually share about this at a meeting, talk to a sponsor, and, um, you know, walk out, walk out in faith. And um, it was hard in early recovery because I didn't know what, because of that, that lack of faith, it, um, and always turning to alcohol and drugs when I was in fear, um, it's to, to trust the process. And, uh, you know, honestly, I don't always get one. And, and, and this fear, uh, like, for instance, my dad was talking this past December, and I was wondering how I was going to live life on life's terms without him. And, um, you know, Debbie, it, I... Um, I talk to God a lot on my knees, but I tell you that conscience contact with him helps me a lot through fear and the circle of friends, like the neat thing that a friend of mine put on uh, Facebook for me, the circle of friends that God has brought me into uh, helped me a lot with my fears along with my family. But um, it's amazing when I'm, when in my experience, when something fearful comes up, how the right people step up and seem to say the right thing. And uh, it wasn't like that until I got into recovery. Hashtag true story. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, for me, you know, walking through the fears, it's usually my ego that's in the way. I'm afraid of being embarrassed or not being good enough in a situation. And I just put myself out anyway. And really, nobody's ever come up to me and said, Jesus, that was stupid and punched me in the face. So short of that, you know, I can handle a little embarrassment. Embarrassment's a choice and I rarely choose it. So I put myself out in a lot of situations. I don't walk up to an edge of a bridge and say, okay, now I'm in fear of bungee jumping. I'm just going to do it anyway. I just don't bungee jump. But walking through the fears, I'm a lot better at it than I used to when I realized that it's just my ego most of the time holding me back. But yeah, the fear of losing my parents, you know, that's that's really big. I'm getting ready to celebrate my dad's 90th birthday and my mom's 80th. But I've been in fear of losing my father since he turned 50. So <laughs> it's been a long time. I've been in fear of that. Josh, how do you handle fears? How are you walking through your fears you know it's uh it, it, it's a daily struggle for me and as i was listening uh, to mark share you know how he was i was thinking of my process as well and and um oh, there's uh it's like immediately once whatever it is that uh, i'm afraid of kind of crops up um i may choose to stay with it a little longer i may want to you know stew in it a little bit and so it's like i have to more and more I'm letting go of that and wanting to stay in it. And so, you know, there's a lot of times I'll just, you know, when it, when you, when it happens, 
you know, I immediately turn to prayer and I say, you know, Lord, I ask, turn it over, turn this over. You know, I ask that you take this and show me what I need to see. Um, that I don't need to worry. I know that I thank you in advance already for, for taking care of this. And that doesn't mean that it's going to take taken care of the way that I want it to be taken care of. What it means is it's going to be taken care of the best proper way for me. I may not agree with it, but I have to. And that's why that serenity prayer is so strong. It's so great because it's God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference so I don't confuse it. And so, you know, that's just how I do it. And it will come back and I'll have to give it back to him sometimes. And that's really, how, you know, how I do it. And before I know it, once it's out of my head and I'm not, I'm not focused on it anymore, you know, it's taken care of. And that's just the way it works. So Lifeaholics Anonymous, wanting to let go of fear? Who wants to hang on to that? Who wants to be limited in their lives by being afraid to talk to others, not to go to certain places or try new things in life? I remember when I was just a few years sober, maybe just a a little more than three years, and my sponsor took me to the college that she was attending just to pick up some papers that she needed, and I felt so out of place. And it was on that day that I realized I needed more work integrating back into life and into society as a whole. I felt small and intimidated by being in surroundings that I wasn't used to being in. I was comfortable around meetings and if I went out with people who were in recovery, but I wanted more out of life. I didn't want to get clean and sober to be in recovery. I wanted to get clean and sober so that I could have a life. Sobriety is supposed to give me back my life, not limit it. And that's what I have today. And I've done more work on fears and I want to continue to work on them. The more that I do, the less limits I put on myself because truly life has no limits. It's all in what we do to ourselves. And I love how Josh brought up the serenity prayer, except the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Some things I can change, some things I can't. And when I know the difference between the two, then I don't have to waste my time on things I can't change anyway. It's important to know the difference between the things that belong to me and what I need to leave alone. What's my business and what's God's business? Let go of the need to control everything because it doesn't work. We do it only to feel safe, and that doesn't work either. And if you don't understand that concept, give me a call, and I'll explain it to you personally. Actually, I was just talking about that the other day over at the Believe Treatment Center to a bunch of their clients. I'd be glad to explain it to you, too. Josh, Jim, Mark, thanks for being here on Sober in the City. When we come back, more about normal people working steps and how lifeaholics can help you in your journey. 800-SOBER-05. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsors who make this show possible. Maybe give our sponsor Believe a call and let them know that you're glad that Sober in the City is on the air. We'll be right back. She hates her job, loves her kids, bored with her husband, tired of the same old list of things to do. So when the to-dos have all been done She sits down at the kitchen table Rolls herself a fat one Smokes so sweet Fills the air She maybe ought to crack a window All she can do is stare That's been appealing off of the walls A couple 
couple of tubs and her troubles Don't seem all that tall You know life will let you down Belief Treatment Center, we understand. We understand you are struggling. That's why our treatment nourishes mind, body, and spirit. We understand that recovery works differently for everyone. That's why we design individual treatment programs specifically for you. At Believe Treatment Center, we understand that it's not easy. That's why we offer a comprehensive scope of services, including nutrition, massage, chiropractic, and aftercare for you and even for your family. Believe Treatment Center is a 12-step friendly, state-of-the-art facility located in gorgeous Palm Beach County, Florida. We are experts in all types of addiction and recovery, and we are proud sponsors of Sober in the City. To find out more about our program and how your insurance may cover your treatment, call us today at 1-855-874-2354. That's 855-874-2354. 1-855-874-2354. Or visit BelieveTreatmentCenter.com. Believe Treatment Center. We understand. Are you a suffering addict or alcoholic? Is someone you know struggling with this disease? Let the Freedom From Addiction Foundation assist you with our acclaimed intervention and recovery coaching services. For a very affordable fee, we can set up and perform on-site interventions, ongoing treatment supervision, and personalized recovery and life coaching services. We are local, we are a nonprofit group, and we can work within your financial parameters by accepting most major credit cards and working with or without your insurance. Call today, 1-877-876-2329. 1-877-876-2329. Again, that's 1-877-876-2329. Are you a suffering addict or alcoholic? Is someone you know struggling with this disease? Recovery starts with one phone call. Call the Freedom From Addiction Foundation today. 877-876-2329.